Former Renaissance scholar, Yale president, and Major League Baseball commissioner A. Bartlett Giamatti once wrote, Baseball breaks your heart. It is designed to break your heart. The game begins in the spring, when everything begins again. Then when you need it the most, when the days are all twilight, it stops. With apologies to Giamatti, the past regular season has been so dismal for broken-hearted Pittsburgh Pirate fans that we're glad that the baseball season, at least for our Pirates, is over. They had the worst record in baseball in the second half of the season and finished in last place in their division. As I grew more and more grumpy, my wife Anita, however, stayed optimistic. When I checked on the score of a Pirates game and told her they were losing again, she'd say I shouldn't worry because they were sure to rally, even if the score was 10-1 to 1 at the time. She remained upbeat through the worst of times until the Pirates committed the unpardonable sin. They released her favorite player, catcher Francisco Cervelli. The Italian-Venezuelan Cervelli, with his chiseled good looks, had suffered a series of concussions from batter's foul tips and spent most of the season on the injured reserve list. Cervelli being held up there by the home plate umpire Mike oh, Estabrook. Staggered him. Estabrook's calling to the bench. Wanted somebody to come out and it, it almost looked like uh, Cervelli was going to fall over sideways after that one. With only weeks left in the season, Cervelli, feeling healthy again, asked the Pirates to give him his unconditional release so he could sign with the team headed for the playoffs. The Pirates obliged, and in a few days, Cervelli signed a contract with the division-leading Atlanta Braves. I tried to console the distraught Anita by telling her that rarely, especially since the beginning of free agency, does a player spend his entire career with one team. Even before they could become free agents, players were often traded or released by teams no matter what their success on the field and their popularity with fans. Of the dozens of Cardinals, Cubs, and White Sox in the Baseball Hall of Fame, only six began and finished their careers with the same team. Remarkably, the Cubs, with Hall of Famers ranging from the fabled double-play combination of Tinker to Evers to Chance, to recent inductee and fan favorite Ron Sano, have only one player in Cooperstown who played his entire career in a Cubs uniform, and that not surprisingly, it was Mr. Cub, Ernie Banks. Jarvis fires away. That's a fly ball, beat the left, back, back! That's it! That's it! Hey, hey! He did it! Ernie Banks got number 500! A line drive shot into the seats and left. The ball tossed to the bullpen. Everybody on your feet, this is it! The Cardinals, even with their National League record of World Series championship teams, the array of statues at Bush Stadium, and inductees ranging from the Gas House Gang's Dizzy Dean and Ducky Medwick to Lou Brock and Ozzie Smith have just two Hall of Famers who played their entire careers in a Cardinal uniform. Those players are Stan Musial, the Cardinals' greatest hitter. Take a good look, fans. Take a good look. This might be the last time at bat in the major leagues. Remember the stance and the swing. We're not likely to see his likes again. And Bob Gibson, the Cardinals' greatest pitcher. He's got it! Struck him out! Look at the scene on the field. McCarver, the first one. Now his infielders all over him. A new world's record of 17 strikeouts. 
in one game. That other Chicago team tops the Cubs and the Cardinals with three players who spent their entire careers in a White Sox uniform. Shortstop Luke Appling dubbed old aches and pains because he complained so much about real and imagined ailments, spent 20 years in Chicago, beginning with the 1930 season. In a 1969 poll, fans voted him the greatest White Sox player in team history. Pitchers Red Faber and Ted Lines also spent their entire careers with the White Sox. A teammate of Shoeless Joe Jackson, Faber, one of the last of the legal spitball pitchers, won 254 games in a 21-year career that began in 1914. Ted Lyons began his career with the White Sox in 1923, and by the time he retired in 1946, he was the White Sox leader in wins with 260. And the thing I love is late in his career, he became a Sunday-only pitcher. So there was a high likelihood he was going to win, and Sunday was a day when you could potentially draw a good crowd. So they just pitched him every Sunday. He always pitched on six days rest, and one of the things I love about it is he was a good hitter too, so he also pinch hit and pinch ran in the other games. After Anita found out that Francisco Cervelli was no longer a pirate, she wore her Cervelli jersey around the house like a funeral shroud. When I tried to comfort her by telling Anita that she still had me, she reminded me that there have been times when she gave serious thought to giving me my unconditional release. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.